Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Pauli Malinaji, Pierre Cards, Brooklyn to the world. And uh, a little bit of a of an anti-climax today because I'm not in the studio because initially this week's episode was suspended until it wasn't suspended. Yes. You can't just tell me last minute that it's now long, no longer suspended because now I cannot make it to the studio even though I'm in New York. Can well, we talk about that? Yeah, we can. Can we, can we talk about you guys just scheduling, rescheduling, <laughs> unscheduling, and then rescheduling again back on? What's hey, going on with you? I'm just trying to save the what show, man. What episode are we up to? We got to do our, 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 our customary beginning. What episode are we up to, first of all? 56.0. Yes. 56.0. Yes. This week we're not doing a point five because shit is all all over the place. Correct? No, that, that'll happen again, though. We're going to go back to the, the two first. We're going to go back to that format. I, I kind of like that format. Everybody else liked it, too. We got some positive responses. Today, we'll try to fit everything into one. So what? Uh, what's going on with the reschedule? I mean, can we talk about that? What, what was with this rescheduling, unscheduling, and then back on the schedule thing? Well, my, I'm not speaking 100% <laughs> properly. You like Beetlejuice today? Yeah, my, my <laughs> mouth is fucking killing me. I mean, I... Uh... All right, and uh, what what do we got? What what's the what's the solution? Well, I went to the dentist. Um, All right. Tuesday. They told you you're gonna live. Yeah, I'm gonna live. He grinded my tooth down because it was basically like a razor blade grinding at my tongue. Really? Yeah. Oh, and that's where that's from. That's why you, like, yeah. you sleep or something. What, he, he sanded it down. He's, he <laughs> he he grinded my tooth down so that it's no longer like a shark tooth. Boom. Because it was, right. uh, I my tongue is swollen, raw. Hey, Paul, I was looking for you guys yesterday, and I was like, I texted Pete. I said, where, are you guys coming or what? He's like, no, I bit my tongue. <laughs> I can't come to the studio. That was, that, was, that was the last response I got, too. So yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't sure we were on today, you know? So, so I, was waiting, I was waiting for Peter to, to answer all the, uh, the tweeters out there who were demanding a new episode. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to break it to them this way. Well, you know what it is? I'm going to take a call to break it to them. I'm not breaking it to them that we can't do a show. Well, you know what it is? I'm extremely devoted to the show. So even though I'm not 100%. Even though you don't sound so passionate right now because you're a little bit out of it. Right. Are you on medication by any chance? uh, No. Well, antibiotics, but that doesn't do it. Just Coronas. Just Coronas, Paul, I got an important question for you. What is it? When's your first uh, tryout fight for the Olympics? <laughs> Not for me, kid. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, I, I believe in the purity of the Olympics, man. First of all, first of all, it's not going to be that easy for all the pros to just qualify for the Olympics. I think certain pros do have a style to compete for the Olympics, like Amir, and Amir Khan. Even a Golovkin will just hits that hard and uh, you know has a very fundamentally sound style. But I mean, Lomachenko, obviously. But for the most part, I I, I don't know that uh, a lot of these pros, even if they try, are going to make the Olympic team, like or, or even um, medal in the Olympics. Like just because you know, I don't know, I don't think people understand that high-level amateurs are essentially going to beat eighty percent of the pros anyway. Wow. You know um, especially in four-round fights, that they're used to that kind of pace, and the established professionals are no longer used to that slower, to that shorter, much faster pace. You know, you wind up, you blink, and the fight's over, and you wind up. You lost a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember when I was an amateur, sparring three and four rounds of pop with established world championship level fighters and getting the better of a lot of them only because it was three or four rounds at a time. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, they would bring another sparring partner and I would, and I would, you know, I would leave the ring. You know, that's the thing when you're, a, you're an amateur, you're used to fitting all that work into one short burst. And a guy who's used to kind of spreading it out, you know, he may get thrown for a loop. I mean, I'm not saying all pros are going to have a problem, but, you know, like I said, I think some of the pros may do well. Like, like I said, I think Amir Khan's style is very good, and Lomachenko's style is, fits the amateur style very good. But but in all reality, it's not going to be that easy. These world-class amateurs, especially these guys in Cuba and stuff, they're going to beat a lot of these pros in a four-round fight. That four-round fight, 
brings a lot of a lot of other things to the table. It brings character into the table. It brings more endurance into the table. You know, you start to suffer more come round eight, nine, ten, eleven. You know, changes of adjustments and game plans start to happen late in these kind of fights. You lose all of that in a four round burst of a fight. You know, I mean? you lose all that. You know, it's just yeah. That, there's no that's real game plan. Game. There's no real game plan. The main thing is it's a scoring system. You yeah, know, you. A very different game plan. I'll say that. You know, I can't say there's no. It's not a free for all. Okay, well, I'm going to call it a free for all because at a high level, high level amateurs come down with a game plan, but it's it's just a, a much faster pace. It's, it's not a free for all. Right. It's, it's it's very different. I mean, I saw a thing today with Hassan and Dam wanted to fight in the Olympics. Hassan and Dam's got no shot. You know, he's, 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 his fundamentals are all over the place. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah, he's tall. But a guy who's going to pick pick him off. With proper fundamentals and speed, he's not going to medal. He's not going to win. That battle is not going to win for you in the Olympics or even in the, at the high level amateurs. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be more closed up than that. You know, and there's balance all over the place at the time. That guy can't win at the Olympic level, even if he wants to compete. And he's a good fighter. He's a good pro. He's a very good pro. But you know, he's uh, you have to have a certain adjustment type of style to compete at a high level as a high level amateur, or high level Olympian. You know, like and. Uh, it's not always going to happen. But then, of course, there's the opposite end of the spectrum where, you know, some of these pros can compete, and now you're dealing with established world championship level fighters fighting kids sometimes, you know? Like, not always kids, but some of these guys in the Olympics are kids, and, you know, and they can get hurt, you know? Hey, Paulie, so, you know, obviously we're talking about that they made the decision that professional boxers can fight in the Olympics. What was your initial reaction when you first heard that? I thought it was bullshit. I mean, I, I, I still it's think stupid. it's bullshit. I, I, I don't agree with it. Um, I, I explained to, to you... The, some of the reasons why um, for both reasons for both reasons that some of the time it's going to favor the pros and some of the time it's actually going to favor the amateurs either way I think you, there's a, there has to be a separate entity between professional and amateur boxing you have to give these amateurs uh, a chance to get climb that pendulum so to speak that climb that ladder to the uh, to the pinnacle of that amateur system which is the Olympic gold medal in the, the Olympics you know no matter what you win in the amateurs your goal is always to win the Olympics you know like and you you try your hardest in all these other tournaments to win there to put yourself in the best position possible to eventually medal at the Olympics, and now suddenly you're competing against all these other world class amateurs in all these other tournaments, and then suddenly you reach the Olympics, and now you're also going to throw pros in there too. It's just such a weird thing. It's I don't know. Not to mention if a established pro goes in and gets beat, the average boxing fan or even regular fan is not going to understand. That concept, they're gonna think like, "Whoa, we got beat by an amateur," as if it's gonna be such a bad thing. So you risk losing bad. You risk the public perception of your name looking really bad if you lose to an amateur, who is probably a good fighter. But people are just gonna see the word amateur in front of his name and think, "Oh, there's no way you should lose to an amateur." And just like in boxing, just because you're an amateur, it's not like amateur semi-pro soccer, where there's a, it's a, it's levels below the high-level uh, soccer or football, as, as our English fans call it. Amateur boxing has some world-class fighters who just don't turn pro. You know what I'm saying? And especially in four-round fights, they don't have to fight those four-round fights because that's all they do is fight those four-round fights. Well, just think about... I think it's it's difficult on both both ends. Think about the the guys that make the Olympics for the most part or Mm -hmm. or top amateurs for the most part. What they end up doing as pros. I mean, it's just a different level and it's something that you build up to. Yeah, and it's it's, it's I want to go as far as say it's a different sport, but it's almost it's the same sport conducted in a different manner, you know, and and that's why at times the amateurs are going to have the advantage over the pros in these Olympics. You just shouldn't skew the two. You shouldn't mix anything. You shouldn't mix these two. I just I just feel like you're eliminating the purity of it. Um, you're watering you know, it down, they've basically. They've done it in other sports, and I don't agree with it either. They've done it with basketball. They've done it with tennis. They've done it with hockey. I remember the end of the the movie Miracle, where you hear. Um, the actor, who's the actor that played the coach? Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. Played the coach. What was the coach for the 1980 Olympic team, U.S. hockey team? Uh, Seth, our stat checker. I forget his name. I'll get right on that. Um, uh, I want to say Glenn Sather, but he was a guy from he's, no. he was a guy from Edmonton on the Rangers. I don't know why his name's popping up into my head, but um, but anyway, we'll uh, call him Lloyd for now. Yeah, well, Herb Brooks. Yeah, Herb Brooks. Yeah, Herb Brooks, exactly. Thank you, Seth, the stat checker. You know, Got Herb it. Brooks uh, is quoted at the end of the. Uh, of the uh, movie Miracle, obviously it's Kurt Russell's voice, but he talks about how now, you know, in the Olympics they have pros, and at that time they weren't talking about boxing, they were talking about hockey, so now they have pros, and they call them dream teams, you know, so obviously the basketball team was the dream team, the hockey team is whatever, the dream teams they call them, which kind of is like, you know, 
a, a bit opposite when you think about it because what's the point of calling it a dream team when you when a young kid can no longer dream? You know, like you know, they're a dream team of professionals. They're not dreaming anymore. Once you reach that pro level, it's become it's more business than anything else. You know. As a kid is when you're dreaming. As a, as a youth is when you're dreaming. When you're in the amateurs, it's still when you're dreaming because you haven't made the millions yet. You know, um, and it's almost like I hate to use the word anticlimactic again. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like you know you're calling them dream teams, but you're not. You're preventing people from dreaming, and you're preventing you're trying to prevent these kids in the amateurs from dreaming and guys in the amateurs from dreaming and it, it's just weird it's just uh well if, it, if triple g's allowed to go back to the amateurs if triple g's allowed to go back to the amateurs a lot of people are gonna be dreaming when they get knocked the fuck out <laughs> that's the thing carl frankton made a good posted a good tweet yesterday he said because somebody's ex carl frankton carl frankton by the way i look at some of his tweets very intelligent guy he's not just a good boxer he's a very intelligent guy yeah he seems that a lot way. of sense um, and, and somebody posted, well, wouldn't it be a risk of injury to these amateurs with these fighters, hard-punching fighters like Golovkin uh, fighting the amateurs? And and Frampton answered, do you not think there's monster punchers or big punchers in the amateurs too? Yeah, wasn't Golovkin a, an amateur? <laughs> he's 100% right. He's 100% right. There's monster punchers in the amateurs too. As a matter of fact, yeah, Golovkin was an amateur. I remember when he beat Andre Durrell in the semis of the, of the 04 Olympics. He uh, busted Andre Durrell's eardrum in that fight, you know? So, right. So, you know, there's monster punches in the amateurs, too, that you haven't heard about. You know what I mean? That they're in the amateurs, you know? So, uh, imagine a fucking established pro going into the Olympics and getting knocked out by an amateur, you know? People are going to look at it like it's such a bad thing. But, again, that amateur might be a legitimate top 12 fighter. He's just staying in the amateurs, you know? But that's also the risk the pros are going to run by fighting in the Olympics, you know? These established pros are going to risk... I don't know. I just think. I just think. Again, I'm gonna say it. You, you just shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, shouldn't combine the two. This is. This is. These two things are made to be separate. You know, and and and, I, and that's what I think. And you know what else, guys? What What about the pros who who made a name for themselves as Olympic Olympians? George Foreman, Sugar Ray Leonard, Andre Ward, the Spinks brothers. What would have happened if there were pros fighting back then? These guys might not have had the career they you know, they ended up having, or they, it would have made, took them a lot longer. You know, Joe, Joe yeah, Frazier. Of course, but again. I, you know, or, or they might have beaten an established 12-round pro because their fights were only four rounds and they were more used to the four-round distance than the 12-round fighter was. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? It's, it works both ways. It what do you do? Ways. What do you do? Why would you give me a ton saying, like, he wants to go back to the Olympics and represent Pakistan? Is that, is that even allowed? Like, you want to sell a medal for England. Right. Yeah, I don't even know how that's allowed. Like, <laughs> I, are you allowed to, like, fight for two countries now? Yeah, it's amazing. Compete for two countries? Is it like FIFA where, like, as a senior you compete... For one country, you can't leave anymore. I was miserable when Hakeem Restore chose, chose Morocco instead of Italy because he played, and then Morocco kept him for a friendly or for an African Cup qualifier against Libya or something, and then he can to play for Italy again, even though he's born in Italy. Because his parents were born in Morocco, and he chose to play for Morocco. I mean, isn't that kind of the same thing for uh, in the Olympic rules, where once you've competed for one country as a senior, you can't compete for any other country? I mean, I don't know. I, that's weird, you know? Yeah, Lennox is going to come back and fight for Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I mean, I remember Andre Berto trying to make the U.S. Olympic team, and then uh, when he didn't make the U.S. Olympic team, he went. He tried out for Haiti, and he made it. But he never. But he still competed in one Olympics, and he competed for Haiti. So it's not like he'd compete in another Olympics and compete not for Haiti. You know what I'm saying? What about what about it? Like, say somebody like Rashi Warren that uh, looks like Little Wayne on crack, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> if, didn't he didn't he like go to the olympics like three times and lose yeah okay yeah. so what happens if he's now a, a, you know an established right. pro style, probably have, be, could be successful in the olympics but not necessarily win them either you know? but wait what happens if he goes 0 for 4 as a as a pro uh losing again what do you hang yourself i mean what do you do i don't know bro i mean you know there's guys who have competed in many olympics and not won them i'm sure you know of like, course yeah, the Olympics are very difficult, man. It's not, it's you know, the World Olympics, the World Championships, uh, you know, it's, it's the same. It's been the same run of a competition. It's just a lot of times it comes down to the draw. You know what I'm saying? I remember, uh, I think it was in '99, Brian Baloria won the World Amateur Championships, and I I believe he beat Brahim Aslum on his run to winning the World Amateur Championships in '99, and then in 2000, Brahim Aslum beat him in the quarters. So Valoria didn't even win a medal and I still ended up winning the Olympic gold medal in 2000 you know the uh, Frenchman mm -hmm. but, uh, they, but they had beaten each other prior yeah yeah you know what I mean so it depends on what tournament sometimes you catch a guy in one tournament and you beat him you might catch him in another tournament and you didn't beat him 
uh, it's just the luck of the of the draw. Which tournament did you catch him in where he was better than the other? You know, in the world, maybe you might get one result, but the Olympics are the more the more uh, uh, prestigious tournament. So if you beat him at the Olympics and you win in the Olympics, hey man, you know you won at the right time. You know, it's 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 weird that they're not even throwing pros into the mix. You just throwing a different spice of this whole thing. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm definitely not for it. I yeah, think it's, I think it's too stupid. I agree with you guys. It waters down. It waters yeah. down the actual. Olympic gold medal and what it is for these kids who they're yeah, not they're not tainted to, by money. The whole dreaming that goes back to all the whole thing yeah. about dreaming. You're eliminating the, 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 some of the opportunities these young guys have to dream. Right. Like, no, it's very see, deep. I don't want to see an established professional fighter on the gold medal stand. Do I? Right. Because I know it's not going to no matter what no matter what it will not mean the same to him as it does for a young kid who's just about to start his pro career who's now won the gold medal and he and he, and he having the most prideful, the most joyous moment of his life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, it, it's not going to mean the same thing for him. I it, don't want to see that. I don't want to see an established pro on the gold medal stand. I don't. It'll mean... It's not for me. He'll just want to... He'll use it to cash in. You know, it'll draw attention to him. It'll make more money in the next pro fight he has. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Even the average is going to cash in as a pro contract, but it's still, for that moment, it's been the most amazing thing to happen to him in his life. You know, and that point, and that point, you're 20 years old, 21 years old, 22 years old, 23, 24, whatever. The 25, not not a lot has happened to you in your life that to, to, that can that can compare to that. By the time you if you put a 30 year old established world champion on the gold medal stand, that guy that guy might have a family. He might have kids. He might have taken some losses as a pro. He might have won world championships. There's a lot of moments in his life he's already had that like change change the trajectory of his thinking pattern. You know what I'm saying? You're like. It's just not gonna. That gold medal is not gonna be as special as it would have been. It'll still be special. It's. I mean, it's always special, but it's just not as special as the young phenom who's just like, like glowing at his achievement, at his accomplishment. It's just not as special. It's. It's not. And I want to see it on the young phenom. I don't want to see that. I want to see the kid dreaming with the gleam in his eye on the gold medal stand about to turn pro. That's what I want to see. I agree. It's weird, though. You might end up seeing the fights you want to see as pros. You might see them fighting amateur in first. Four rounds, in four rounds, all it's going to do is cause more question marks. All would have happened if it was a 12-rounder. That was right. only a four-rounder, you know? It's, like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm just looking at I'm looking at the last uh, few uh, heavyweight gold medalists. Like, you know, Klitschko won in 96. He's still fighting. Pavekin won in 2004. He's still fighting. Well, if, if he gets to stop doing drugs and clears the test. And Anthony Joshua won last time. And these guys... You know, and throw Wilder in there. He could be the American heavyweight. You end up seeing these yeah. guys fighting these four rounders he with headgear. He got a bronze, and he wasn't even, um, he didn't even have a lot of experience, Wilder. Yeah. That's why he's got that nickname, the Bronze Bomber. He yeah. did, not according to this, he didn't win the bronze. Yeah, he won the bronze medal. In 2012? Yeah, yeah Deontay, Deontay won it's the bronze medal. It's super heavyweight, though. It's You're looking at heavyweight. I'm looking at super heavyweight. 2000, was it 2008? Wasn't Deontay 2008? I think Deontay was in 2008. Yeah, it might have been. I don't, yeah. I don't see him on here. Pretty sure Deontay was in the 08. Oh, no, he was in heavyweight. He was under, He wasn't super heavyweight. Yeah, he wasn't super heavy. He was a... Heavyweight. He won in 2008. Paulie's always right with the dates. Always. I know not to question you with the Bro, dates. Bro, let me tell you something. Paulie used to know everyone's ranking, even if they weren't in his weight class. He'd be like, oh, I remember in, uh, yeah, 2000, uh, this guy fought this guy. He he had a tough road to the whole final, and then in the final, he got this guy. Oh, in the amateurs? Yeah. yeah. But I, you know what? In the amateurs, I'm not the only guy, bro. I mean, when, you, when you were in the amateurs, I'm telling you, everybody knew everybody. In the amateurs, again, it's that passion you have for the sport. No, but you, you knew it to a different degree. Like, even Kid Stock, our friend, used to be like, he used to just ask Paulie, like, yo, who's in my weight class that's, like, <laughs> in the top five? And he'd be like, oh, you got the kid from Philly and you got the kid from L.A.? And, you know, it's like <laughs> you knew it a little bit deeper and more intense. Uh, you retain that stuff, man. It's very impressive. Even with the Giants, I was, like, at a Giants-Bills game, and he had the date right better than me. Mm -hmm. what, what week it was. I yeah, thought I knew. Yeah. He's like, no, you're wrong. Check your facts. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I got a funny story. Well, I remember I was at uh, one of the amateur tournaments. I remember one of my, one of my roommates was, uh, we, we were in the bathroom. Um, no, no, Yusef. He, <laughs> he was taking a piss. And next to him was the kid that he'd been worried about drawing in the tournament. Now, I knew... That was the kid, but he only knew him as in, in his name. He didn't know what he looked like. He knew the name that was in the in the amateur record book, you know, like the the ranking book, you know. And like I remember coming out, what do I have coming out? Like 
10 minutes later, I'd be like, you know, that was uh, so-and-so. He's like, oh, yeah, you were pushing right next to him. He didn't recognize That's the guy you've been talking about the last three days, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like your main rival of the tournament. That's know? the guy you've been having nightmares about, and he was just there about to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, you know? The amateurs seem like so much fun, though, as far as that, you know, traveling. And like you said, it's, it's a new experience every time, whether it's the Goodwill Games or the Worlds, you know, uh, um, yeah. the, the Olympics. Games actually over. They just got to discontinue them. Yeah, so, yeah that's that was uh, another tournament. So, Paul, you're going to uh, gonna fight for Italy then, right? No, I'm not going to yeah. fight in the Olympics. Yeah. And also, WBC, I like what WBC did. They put a ban, uh, two-year ban on anybody who, in WBC rankings for anybody that uh, does compete in the Olympics. Wow. And I like, I like, I like that stand. I got to be honest. I like, I like that stand. I like it. I, I, I don't think pros should be fighting in the Olympics. That's it. So I like, I like WBC. I, I applaud WBC for taking that stand. Uh, you know, you have to separate these two, these two uh, sectors of the sport, professional and amateur boxing. You know? Yeah, it. I like that also. Well... Boom. What about the when they're boxing? And we talked about other boxing. And we talked about the fights. What boxing was there? That was um, well, Saturday was my bachelor party with uh, Shane Mosley. Oh, I saw the fight. Did you guys see the fight? Oh, Shane, we were watching it in the strip club. Yeah, Shane Mosley fight. Uh, I applaud Shane for going twelve. Um, I saw something where he thought he won. Um, I don't know if at a certain age. You start to stop thinking you ever lose a fight. I don't know how it works because I mean, Ryan Holyfield always thought he used to win too, and even when he was older, older in baseball and was losing fights, and he kept thinking every time he didn't get a decision that he wanted. You know. Uh, yeah, that's just a new thing now. It's like a new thing once you reach like forty-eight older age. Like you just think you know, you should deserve every decision, even though you don't do enough to win. I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad. I think he did enough to win the fight. I thought I'd easy and beat him. Um, it was close. You know, I applaud him for going twelve and you know toughing it out. You know, it's you know the old followers tried. You know what I'm saying? I think it's um you could see those you know three of us we all have seen Shane Mosley at his prime and you know and he's you know it's funny you can see obviously the skills have deteriorated the the reaction time and everything which is he's forty was he forty four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just glad that he lost the fight because I thought if if he fights again if he, if he fought the winner of Thurman and Porter I thought I thought he would get really hurt badly by one of those guys and I think he's it's time yeah, for him to stop. The one prime and just like you know this uh, more explosive uh, they're at a more explosive age and they're a more explosive part of their careers you know I don't want to see that. Although honestly I, I mean he seems a decent fighter but I don't I don't know that he's going to be able to match up with the winner of Thurman and Porter either. Uh, no. I like I'd like to see him seen against another. French contender, you know, maybe, you know, who's younger than 30, 40 or 35, you know what I'm saying? Just you know, put him in there with maybe a Robert Guerrero type or whatnot and see what see what comes out of it, even a Louis Colazzo type, and see what comes out of it before um, before you, you toss him in with the winner of Thurman and Porter. I like to see how many seen again and just to see where he's at, you know, against a younger, more... Uh, Prime or That's actually a great idea. Louis gonna... Colazzo and him. He couldn't be yeah. either, either of those guys, I don't think. That well, you just hey, mentioned, Paulie. I think Louis deserves well, you know, something. I, like that. I mean, he's, he's not bad. You know, it's, I don't think, you know, the problem is when you fight a guy like Shane Mosley, it's lose lose. If you lose, you lost to a 45 year old. And if you win, uh, you beat the 45 year old. You know, so right. it's lose. But I don't think Amanisi is a bad fighter. I just don't want to see him with Thurman and Porter right now. I don't think he's of that level yet, but that doesn't mean he can't grow to it. It doesn't mean you know we can't see him again against another top guy, uh, maybe a guy who's closer to his prime, top guy, um, and you know see how he matches up and see, and see what what's up there for him. You know what I'm saying? I thought he clearly beat Shane Mosley. I mean I, I don't know what you know Shane or Shane 31, but it's, he definitely didn't win the fight. And plus he lost the point too, so that was a, that was an ad insult to injury. I mean he definitely lost the fight. But uh, they went there with fights also on FS1, PBC and FS1. Uh, Miguel Vasquez came back and, and beat Eric Bonet. Eric Bonet gets a rough end of the stick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, he gets these guys that, you know, are not easy to deal with. And uh, he's a pretty good fighter in his own right. And uh, he, he got beat by Miguel Vasquez. I mean, you got to credit Miguel Vasquez for continuing to make himself relevant. Uh, and again, like I just said, Bonet's a pretty good fighter. That's not an easy fight for Vasquez to come back on, on because Bonet probably doesn't get the credit he deserves either as being a pretty good fighter himself. So a win over Bonet will not mean what probably what it should, but uh, Vasquez got the win um, in, in, a, in, a, in a good good scrap of uh, two talented guys. Yeah, no, Bonet definitely gets put in there with all the tough dudes. He does. He definitely doesn't have an easy path anywhere. Yeah, and even the tough dudes, I really people don't want to really see, you know, at the moment. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, um, Bonet's still young enough to rebuild. He's still a good fighter. And uh, Vasquez is is is. Maybe people call him boring. People call him whatever they want to call him. But he's one thing you got to say. He is is effective. He's definitely effective. 
and uh, he's put himself in a, I think, in a, in a position to get himself a pretty good fight at least. And the 140-pound division is, you know, it's it's uh, it's opening up a little bit. So we'll see we'll we'll see what comes out of that, you know. Um, also, I, I I'm hearing, um, I'm sure you know more than I do, that uh, Jesse Vargas and and Kel Brook agreed on, on a unification bout. Yeah, that's what uh, seems to be the case. Brook and Vargas agree. That's uh, you always like. We always love to see unifiers. That'll be pretty cool in the um, at the end of August. Uh, they'll uh, they'll uh, get it on and unify. It'll probably be a huge card in the UK. Uh, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. Maybe uh, I'll be able to go and see, check it out. Maybe this guy will call me. I don't know if we're gonna show it on Showtime. I'll, I'll, if we show it on Showtime, obviously I'm working for Showtime. But definitely one of those cards that I'm sure the arena will be rocking and packed with great fans and loud and just just one of those arenas you, lo- arenas you love to be in whether you're fighting or not you just love to be in that atmosphere i mean I, for me personally i love it i i love it so i'm sure uh it'll be rocking over there and it'll be a, a great experience and I, I know jesse was a little bit hesitant about you know from reading interviews about going all overseas uh to kel's hometown and whatnot but one thing you got to experience is a crowd like that whether they're for you or against you you have to experience at least once in your life a crowd like that and understand what it's like to perform. Because a crowd like that, with the Brits in packing arenas and singing and chanting and just super loud, you really, really understand what it is to perform. You think you're performing your whole career, but you really haven't performed until you perform. And in our case, fighting is performing in front of a crowd like that. Those people make you feel like a performer. Those people make you feel like, you know what, this is a show, and, and put on a great show for them and, and motivate you. Whether they hate you or whether they love you, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's just so loud in there, and they're so into it that it's just like, it motivates you to just, wow, this is amazing. I want I love this atmosphere. I never want this to end, you know? And it's like, you want, it, it motivates you to want to be the best, you know, be your best at least, you know? And uh, great fans, and I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere, and uh, it'll, it'll be uh, hopefully a match from Pusana puts together a terrific card underneath uh, the main event. That's a great main event. I look forward to watching it. Also, um, I know you were talking about this on Twitter uh, about Ricky Burns winning the winning the title yeah. again. Yeah, we had uh, some cards in the UK. Actually, uh, shout out to Tony Bellu, who also won a, a world title uh, at Cruiserweight. Uh, Tony Bellu won his uh, first world title. Tony Bellu is also known in crossover circles as the the opponent for. Uh, Adonis uh, Creed, right? And uh, that's uh, the character name in, in the movie Creed. Yes. Adonis, Adonis Creed in, uh, in the new movie Creed. Uh, Tony Bellew plays the uh, the opponent. Uh, okay. For Creed. So, uh, but I didn't know that. In real life, Tony Bellew is actually a world-class boxer, and he won his first world championship over the weekend. Uh, I believe it was his second shot at a world title. He lost to Adonis Stevenson at light heavyweight. So in the cruiserweight division, he's now uh, earned a world championship with a stoppage winner. Uh, good knockout, a solid knockout. Right? Was it? He, and he got up off the canvas, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, uh, the first round he got dropped. You know, I saw his interview. I saw his interview after the fight, and he was like really passionate and, and uh, emotional. Um, he said that his son, his son looks about seven, eight years old. He said it was his first time ever being at a boxing match, and wow. like you said, you know, in in those kind of venues. For that little kid to watch his dad and, and for yeah. Tony to say this is the first fight he's ever been to is watching him win and a title. The first world championship is always very, very emotional. I mean, they're all emotional, but that first one is very emotional because it's a, it's it's your life's work coming together for the moment you've been waiting for and you haven't felt that moment yet in your life. So, you know, for Tony to feel it and to feel it in front of his own, his own crowd, his fans. And those fans are Everton fans, right? Yeah, he is uh, Ever- Everton, uh, which is uh, in Liverpool. Uh, Everton uh, is uh, Everton and Liverpool are both in Liverpool. They're, uh, it's a derby. Right, but that uh, where they fought was um... Goodison Park. Right, right, right. Where, where Everton plays, yeah. Right. Uh, where Liverpool plays in Anfield, Anfield, where the, both teams are from Liverpool. Uh, but um, but uh, a terrific uh, opportunity for Tony to be able to win the title at Goodison Park. And uh, I'm sure that that was emotional in and of itself. The fact that it was his first world championship was emotional in and of itself. And uh, the way he got it with a nice knockout, a sharp left hook on the, on the, on the closing combination, uh, did the trick. And uh, Tony Bellew, Cruiserweight, WBC Cruiserweight World Champion. So shout out and congrats to Tony Bellew. Uh, we also got to shout out Ricky Burns because Ricky Burns might be the most underrated three-division world champion in boxing right now. I mean, I got to admit, even I sleep on Ricky Burns a lot. And don't get me wrong, I mean, Mikel DiRocco, DiRocco might be the, the, the proper opponent. You know, unfortunately, my our, our countrymen in Italy, they're they're – some of them are tough guys, and Michele Diroco is a tough kid. You know, I actually sparred him in as an amateur years ago. 
And, uh, you know, I always root for my uh, countrymen in, in, in Italy. But the, the, the issue in Italy is there's just not enough sparring. And if you watch that fight, you can really, really, really check out the fact that, you know, probably Diroko didn't get a lot of the sparring he needed at a world-class level because he's getting hit with, like, every jab, every shot. You know, what suffers when you don't spar is your defense. Or, or if your defense doesn't suffer, your ability to counterpunch will suffer. And you can tell Diroko... I'm sure he was sparring, but you can tell the you can tell the lack of world class sparring just on the fact that he's getting hit with the dumbest of punches. He's putting himself out of position when he gets hit, and that, again, that stuff comes from not sparring. Credit to Burns for being well schooled and and and, and uh, keeping sharp on the jab. I mean, he don't get me wrong. I mean, Diroko made Burns look like Ray Leonard with that jab, but uh, regardless, <laughs> uh, Burns did what he had to do with the opponent in front of him and got his world championship, third world championship in three weight classes. You got to give him credit for that. And uh, shout out to Ricky Burns and. I'll be honest. If I could make 140 pounds, I would have loved the winner, but that's what age does to you. Yeah, you you got to become, become an amputee for you to get uh, yeah, to 140 yeah. pounds. I have to cut off on my arms. Uh, but, but, yeah, shout out to Ricky Burns. He won a third world championship, and, uh, you know, happy for him. And also, he won it. I believe that car was in Glasgow, so to be able to win it at home in front of his fans, too, was uh, something special for him as well. But Diroko is a, t- it's a tough kid. He's just a – you can just tell this – a different class, a different quality, but Diroko was actually a pretty good amateur, and, and it's just a fact for me, these guys in Italy don't get enough of the sparring they need. They don't get that world-class sparring, and that world-class sparring, without world-class sparring, you're just not going to raise your game to that next level in preparation for these these kind of fights at this level. Absolutely. Speaking of Italians, uh, Marcelli, Evaniano Marcelli and uh, Dejan Zlatikan are fighting on the uh, June 11th card for the, WBC, for the WBC lightweight title. Uh, that's going to be on uh, uh, on our June 11th card with the main event being uh, Ruslan Provodnikov and John Molina, which is probably, maybe they've seen their better days, but one thing they haven't seen is the, the most exciting days. Those guys are exciting back then and even right now for sure. And so one thing, the, one thing they haven't seen is each other in the ring, and that's yeah, exactly... Yeah, I'll make fights, you know, and I think that fight will be exciting regardless of who comes out on top of it. <clears throat> and Paul, you can do a shout-out for my birthday on the, on the telecast for me. Shout-out at Seth Nine with Seth the Twitch. <laughs> Right, so Seth the Twit, that's the Twit, right? Seth the Twit. That's at what, Seth June 11th? Give, give, yeah. Give my boy Seth a shout-out for his birthday. At Seth the Twit, give him a shout-out. and uh, Give him a shout-out um, in a week. Yeah, well, June- you're happy. We had Pete's basketball party over the weekend. We were celebrating that. Seth, Seth you, has the same. Social media, some of you saw the social media. Can, Pete, can you give the, the backstory to that to that uh to that situation of you, uh, with that picture that you put up on your social media? Because I, don't, I think I don't want fans to get the wrong impression. What, what led to that? Can we go back? Well, um, you know, I'm I'm not very talented at most things. I'm actually not a very talented person. But <laughs> the one true talent I have, I'm actually the best at it, and that's drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm the Floyd Mayweather. I'm the, wow. I'm the best. No, you got defeated once. You had one defeat. I remember you said. I wasn't defeated. No? No. All right. Anyway, don't <laughs> cut me off. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the, um, I'm the man... Many people have tried. Many people came up short. Mm. And our friend Tommy Razor Ainone is one of those motherfuckers that is stubborn and thinks that the next time he's going to get me. This dude. So here's the thing with Tommy and Peter, guys. Tommy, Tommy and Peter always try to drink each other under the table, and whoever passes out ends up getting pranked. So in the past, you guys have both gotten each other when the other one passes out, correct? Well, I was sleeping in the lobby of the hotel room because I always stay up. In Milan, right? In Milan, yeah, I always stay up. I always stay up before long flights so that I could just pass out on the plane. And so like I said, and you, and you, so you hadn't gotten a lot of sleep, so therefore you passed out because you were tired. It wasn't just the drinking, right? Tommy thought he beat you that time. Well, that, that's what what's funny. That's what's funny is that he'll drink beer, and I drink Jack and Coke, and he's like, bro. <laughs> you were drunk. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're slurring right now off a of beer. Like, I, I, I stopped slurring off a of well, beer well, when I was... He helped on getting revenge. He didn't get you back last. Did you, did you get him back after Italy? Or did well, you, yeah, yeah. At, at the house, at the house, he came over uh, with his boy what Anthony. What you in the lobby of the hotel? Just take pictures, pose and Yeah, around? yeah, he took some selfies with me and him, and he was recording, like, well, having a conversation. Right, right. And then I put my nutsack on his face. <laughs> at our house. When? when was this? 
Um, it was like a few months after that because he came with his buddy Anthony who was bullshitting. And, and it was a boy that a fight at the house, right? Yeah, and he just... But he, you guys kept trying to drink each other on that table and it was time he had passed out. Yeah, what else is new? He passed out with Tyson. He's hugging Tyson on the couch Tyson's and he's done. Dog, so yeah. By the bridge, I don't know what happens. You put your nutsack on his face and... <laughs> I, used his, I used his face as the drum set. Like stepbrothers. <laughs> Put my nutsack. Did you, did you post that picture on social media? No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. Um, I felt well, bad so because... I was bent on getting you back to this right, right. So he thought this was the time to do it. Now, again, you know, we were out at uh, Via Della Pace watching the Champions League final. <clears throat> I called that one. Um, Locksmith. Thank you. Um, so... The ball was offside. <clears throat> fuck <Thank> off. <laughs> anyway... We're drinking beers, you know, we're eating. It's early. It's It was fucking 3 o'clock, whatever. We get back to the house. I notice he's already, like, buzzed. And I'm thinking in my head, like, we got a long way to go tonight, you know? And and this guy's, like, already, like, slurring. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to work out for him, but I'm good, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get to the strip joint, and we're hanging out. Now, again, I'm drinking Jack and Coke, and he's drinking fucking Coronas. Like, listen, I like to have my Coronas when I'm here in the studio. You know, we're watching the fights. I pregame my Coronas, and, and then, you know, I turn it up a notch because that's what veterans, that's what that's what champions do. <laughs> you know, so sure. I'm drinking Jack and Coke. Yeah. I'm drinking Jack and Coke, and this guy's like, come on, pussy, come to the bar. I'm like, for what? He goes, shots on me. I'm like, okay. I'm like, Tommy, this is not going to work out well for you. You know, like, <laughs> I want to advise you. You know, I like you. So he's like, no, come on. What do you want to do? Patron? I'm like, I don't care. We do shot at Patron. Again, he's chasing it down with a Corona. I'm chasing it down with Jack and Coke. I mean, mm -hmm. you're the champ. Exactly. But he doesn't get it. So he's <laughs> stubborn and he keeps going. Come on, do another shot, pussy. I'm like, all right, let's go. We do another Patron. We come back. He's taking the bottle of Jack now, and he's telling me, you want to do a shot of Jack? I'm like, whatever, bro. I'm drinking Jack anyway. You want to do a shot? Do a shot. He pours like three shots into a glass. And I said, whoa, make sure it's fair. Make sure you measure them next to each other, and we're going to do the same amount. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to cheat. This thing was huge, bro. No Yusef. That sounds disgusting. Go ahead. It was bigger than the stripper's dick. But anyway, that's uh, another story. Oh, you're at that kind of strip club. I'm glad, I, I'm glad I didn't go. So uh, I somehow guzzled this down because when I'm when I'm in a nice flow, I just it, it just flows, you know, <laughs> like the salmon of Capistrano. Dumb. <laughs> Dumb and double reference right there. Boom. Okay. So he's like taking down the shot also, and he's a trooper. He takes it down, and he's like, ah, ah. I'm like, nice. So I'm sitting, and my friends are like, yo, what's up with your boy? I'm like, ah, this is a thing for him, you know, he tries to beat me every time and they're like he doesn't know you very well so we're hanging out i'm going to the bathroom i'm walking by the bar this desperate stripper is like sitting next to him trying trying to like i don't know see if he's alive maybe but she could hate him right not by the couch by the bar yeah because i guess she was just like you know if he even shows any sort of movement i'll make like i'm dancing on him and then rob him for 20 bucks i don't know you know but <laughs> <laughs> The, the kid's lifeless, you know? But you saw this. I see moment. it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, bro. Now, you could tell him, you know, what happened after that. I could tell him. You don't after, know. After that, I see you grab your belt and walk over to him. <laughs> grab your belt. Meaning you're about to take off your belt. And the, the head of security goes up to you and goes, no, no, you can't do that. And I'm telling him. He's going to be quick, whatever he's going to do, just, just relax, it's his bachelor party, and you're telling him, we know Charlie, we know the manager in here, we know Charlie, and the guy's like, no, you can't do that, you can't do that. Meantime, Peter's unzipping his pants, he's undoing his belt, doesn't matter what the guy you had telling him, Peter's taking his pants down right in that moment, and the bad is going, no, Peter takes his pants down, sits on Tommy, as you saw in the pictures, because people started taking pictures, and then the, head of the, the manager, Charlie, comes over to us, and he's like, Oh God, it's all don't worry. It's, it's just it's just quick. It's just quick. It's, you know, we couldn't stop Peter at this point. At this point, it's Peter and his own. You know, it's gonna be it's quick and painless. Like, security's all mad. Peter's sitting on Tommy's head, <laughs> ass out and all, as you saw on social media. And needless to say, Tommy lost another one. He tried, but as Peter said, 
Many tried, many failed. <laughs> they all just happened to come up short. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a fun, it was a fun night at the bachelor party. Uh, if you came, if you came, you sat, you got to hang out and uh, hang with us. If you didn't come, you missed out. So good night. A shout out to Vivid. Uh, uh, Vivid. Uh, what are they? What are they? What is the professional word for strip clubs now? Cabaret. Cabaret. Gentlemen's Cabaret. club. Yeah. In uh, gentlemen's club uh, in, in Manhattan. Shout out to them. Uh, they, we did a big over there. Uh, good party. Good hangout. Uh, pretty girls. Uh, shout out to Charlie Castro, manager of the place. Shout uh, out to you and my brother for putting it together. And we we tried. We did our, we did our best. We couldn't top you. We we couldn't top your finishing move on Tommy. We did it. We did, <laughs> we did our best for you guys. You know? Hey, you guys um, led us to the to the well, and then I the I chose land. to drink. Yeah. yeah. All right. So is that good for today's? Uh, I, I think that's that's all I got for today's uh, uh, shortened podcast. No. Yeah. No. Do what you got to do. I know you have some stuff to do. I'll. Uh, Wrap up You'll close with, it out. You'll close it out for the kids. Yeah, I'll wrap it up with Seth. We got right. uh, some fights coming up this weekend. Next week, I'm gonna be uh, in Miami, so I'm gonna have to call it back in. Okay. But uh, we'll uh, we'll t- we'll pick it up next week with episode 57. You close it. You guys close it out. All right. Absolutely. We'll, we'll over and out. We'll we'll talk politics next week. Lots okay. to talk about. <laughs> Later. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. We're back. Boom. I told I told Paula you and I were capable of handling the rest of the show. Okay, for those of you, especially the women who love Paulie and don't like us, <laughs> you can just <laughs> stop listening now. Paulie is no longer on this episode of Brooklyn to the World. You actually get a word in. You should have fun with this. Do do something fun. It's tough when Paulie's on the phone. <laughs> you try to wait until he has to breathe. Boy, boy, boy. And he's in great shape. He never I, has to right. breathe. I feel like I'm on like a, he's on the red carpet and I'm trying to get a question <laughs> in. Paulie, Paulie, uh, from CBS. Yeah, I got a question for you. Paulie, Paulie. What do you think about the Olympics? What? But, 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 I, I, I. Sorry, you're next. Please yeah, wait. Uh, but, I, but, but, I thought you said. There's uh, some fights coming up Saturday. Let's talk about Salido Vargas. That was a really good fight. What do you think? Break it down. I like, I like Car. I want to go to Carson and see a fight. I wish, and I lived there for a year. I wish I knew. Or Did was, you? Yeah. From uh, like October 07 uh, to like September 08. For CBS, I was, I, was, oh, wow. I worked out there for a year. Um, that's such a cool place. It looks like such a cool place to go see a fight. It looks a little crazy and yeah, rowdy, outdoors outside. and you know they start so early, so it's cool. California's great for sports. Like I guess yeah. living out there, man. Football starts ten thirty in the morning it's, or ten in the morning. It's great. Like you're done yeah. with football and you still have like a couple hours left to go to your night, dude. I when we trained for the Hatton fight in '08, actually in Vegas, and we were there for eight weeks. And I remember on Sundays I would go to, you it's know, the, Caesars. No, I was going to, um, it was like a crab shell. It was outside of Vegas in Henderson. Okay. And I would get there at night for like, I guess the late game is 5.30 over there. Right. I'm not used to that. You know what I mean? It's great though. I, I get that. there, people were fucking sloshed. Well, they were there since 10 a.m. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, I did that. I lived there a couple of times. So much fun. Like I could imagine these people going to bed at like 10 yeah. and if they're lucky. Right, and not remembering a fucking thing the next day. Oh, oh, lucky they weren't out with you; they'd have a big butt on their face. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm that guy. I know. I saw on Facebook. Thank Thanks. you. Yeah, I'm glad we're Facebook friends. <laughs> lucky me. Uh, I tagged I, you um, on my way here. I was no Yusef. I I tagged you <laughs> on Instagram. Oh sweet. Yeah, I put a picture of. Uh, I was in front of Trump Towers. Oh, I saw it. Yeah. Saw it. Yeah. Did you like it, motherfucker? No. That's the whole point, you know. Yeah, uh, no, I don't like. So, what do you like in this fight? Um, Salido, it's crazy, man. Salido's like old, bro. He's so old, but he's a fucking tough bastard. This is what I mean about got to pack a lunch when you fight him, right? Oh my god! It. This is what I mean, though. When you say it's so hard to tell when someone is taking punches too much, and like you know, you should stop a fight or not stop a fight, and then. You know, unfortunately, one guy ends up in a coma or something. Yeah. Like, it's never predictable because then you have a guy like this who, what is he now, 40, 42? He is 35. What? That's what it says Oh, here. no. Oh, well, yeah, he's Mexican. He turned pro at like 15. 12, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. He's been fighting since he's eight. Yeah, no, literally he turned pro at 15, actually. Mm-hmm. But he's been through 
20 years of wars. Like, there's no easy fights for him. There's no, like, he doesn't box and slip and slide. Like, it's you punch me as hard as you can. I'm going to stand there and take it, and then I'm going to punch you hard back. And he, one of us is going to fall eventually. You know what I mean? That's this is his 60th fight. Yeah, it's just, it, that's what I mean. It's insane. So, you know, there's no way to tell if someone is, is should be not fighting or whatever. And then he goes and he gets these wins over over good quality names and, and always keeps himself in that loop. But um, I think I think time is, is catching up with him, and I think uh, I got to go against him uh, Saturday. This kid's but, undefeated, uh, too. Yeah. No, He's not a kid, though, but I guess he just had a later start with a career, right? He's yeah. 31. He's had 24 fights. That's pretty slow for a Mexican. Yeah. But, it's uh, actually the opposite of Salido. But also, uh, the other fights is... Um, He's been crushing people. Bartholomew and, and Mickey Bay is is the, the other fight. I think that's... Is that tomorrow? Yeah, I think see. that's tomorrow, right? Friday. Yeah. No, what am I saying? Ronnie Rios. No. On, uh, I'm sorry. Wait, I'll, I'm getting TBC there. on Spike. Yes. I'm. Wait, am I here? Yeah, I'm here. Mickey Bay. Right. You're right. Mickey Bay Correct. and One lightweight title. That's a really good fight. I, I, it's on Spike I, at nine o'clock Eastern. So. I pick. Uh, I pick Bartholomew. It's a good fight, though. And the co-feature is uh, Victor Proa against Emmanuel Rodriguez. Featherweights. All right. I'm sorry, I missed Exciting that. Exciting stuff. Weird, wild stuff. Um. Yeah. What else you got? Well. The final starts tonight. Oh, basketball! What do you yeah. got? I mean, what are the odds? The Warriors are favored, right? Yeah, they're like two, two minus two thirty for the series. For the series, what for tonight? Um, they're laying six points, five and a half. It's tough to call. It really is. It re- I, I mean, LeBron is on the court. You never know what what's going to happen. Right, and what I was reading an article I was now reading today. Now was, the guys are healthy too. Kevin what Love was, and what I was reading about that is like they're they're very uh, Love and Irving are are very easily exposed on the defensive end against a team like the Warriors. So that's a big, you know, and I'm a fan, but I, I don't really Vice deep dive like that. Don't you think? I mean. Curry's, uh, Curry's not as bad as Irving on defense. He right. also is quick and gets steals, got quick hands. You know, he, you know, I know they were, they were making fun of him a little bit, but, you know, he, he's, people try to like dog him now that he's won two MVPs. And like, and I heard on the, I heard on sports radio, they were, they were knocking the fact that he's the first unanimous MVP. He shot fifty percent and scored right. thirty points. I mean, what are you gonna do? He his team won seventy three games. Right. What else do you need? Because right. you know, because oh, you know he's people, not all around LeBron, whatever. So what? That's what people say. It's like, is he the most valuable player to his team? Yes. Well, yes, he is, and it's the best team. So he's the best player know, on the best team. Because so, you know. yeah, exactly. And then they say, well, LeBron did this and that. Yeah, that's LeBron. So LeBron should win every year because. But no, it, but this year there's people are mad because it was unanimous, first time ever. He had the numbers, like right. Jeff Van Gundy said, if he could vote for most improved, he'd vote for him. Right. And he was MVP last year. Right. They said he yeah. did even better than last year. Right. I mean, it's he, crazy. He's, what he's doing is insane. Right. His he's the best shooter in the history of the game. Yeah. And shooter. He's, and he's young. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, hopefully he stays healthy. He's got some ankle right. issues in the past. Hopefully he stays healthy. But and he's com- he's a competitor. Mm-hmm. He's very likable. I mean, look what they did. The Thunder were really good. That was some comeback. You know, and Thunder choked game six. They're two top star players. We were watching Didn't that sh- in the strip club, too. They did not trust the rest of their teammates as much as they right. should have, and they choked that game. They I had won. Golden State in the second half, and nice. I'm like, in the middle of a lap dance, I'm like, fuck, come on, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah. You were distracted. Yeah, I was distracted. So, yeah. Tell your fiance, hey, I wasn't really enjoying that. I wasn't. You know, I was more focused on the sports and putting my ass on a guy's <laughs> face <laughs> rather than you know, worried about the lap dance. Yep. That yeah. was that kind of night. And hockey looks like Pittsburgh's just going to crush the Lightning. Two in a row at home. Yeah. Home games are so important. You know, you got to win those. They were just a hot team coming in, right? They were. And did you bet them? Yeah. The did last two games. Have you bet them previously, too, in other games? Um, I was going back and forth. I, I was betting against them with Tampa. Oh. But you know, Tampa won three games, so it wasn't so bad. You oh, know okay. what I mean? Because they were just a hot team. Like sometimes they, it happens in football too a lot. You just they go, beat the Rangers. And, take the hot hand and just yeah. run with them, right? Ranger coach said before we started the series that this is the hottest team since since Christmas. So, you know, it, exactly. You, you get hot and you stay with it, you know. But, uh, I had a question, and Paul, I want to ask Paulie too, but he's not here anymore. Crawford uh, is fighting on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, against Victor Postal. Why is that a pay per view? I'm just curious. I, you know, I'm all for. It. I hope it, I hope they get yeah. nine million buys, whatever. But why is it a pay per view? I have no idea. 
You know what I mean? Like, why they pick him for? I mean, he's a good fighter and he's fun to watch, but he's not there. To me, he's not there yet. No, he's not. He's definitely not. But yeah, I, I hope I, he gets there. I hope it yeah. does well. But like, I just Bob Arum. One thing about Bob Arum, he doesn't. He, he's not scared of tanking. You know. <laughs> it's like, well, he's a hundred thousand years old too. So what does he care? He's not scared of like, oh my god, I only did a hundred thousand buys. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he doesn't give a. Fuck. I guess what do they need? I don't know. I guess they worked out pay per view. I mean, HBO's doing it so. Yeah. You know, but like Porter Thurman to me, I'd pay for that before right. I'd pay for the Crawford fight, you know, but I'm glad it's on CBS, uh, you know, keeping it in the family. Mm-hmm. This is Showtime and CBS Sports, but that one's on CBS, that fight. And then, CBS, it, goes in, and then it goes into Showtime fights after that. There's going to be Showtime fights the same night. That's the 25th. Right. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that fight. Yeah. That's at Barclays. Yeah. You guys going? I think I'm going to go. I haven't been to a lot. Yeah. Like this whole wedding thing, bro. It's just that's right. A week before your wedding, not yeah. even six days. Yeah, it's it's three days before my birthday. Um, oh, you're in June too. June twenty eighth. Oh boy. And who's on the same birthday as me? Eleven. My friend Tommy Brunton. Tommy mm-hmm. B. D'Amico's Coffee. Oh no, you didn't mention to Tommy that Tommy. Uh, who's the guy? Raynon. Raynon. Yeah, he's a professional fighter. Yeah. 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 So you're really taking advantage of a guy who gets hit in the head for a living. That's not really fair. He takes advantage of himself, actually. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to put it. Even my girl was like, I showed her a picture. She's like, oh, my God, did he try to compete with you again? I'm like, yeah, he does it all the time. Oh, she's so proud of you, huh? Yeah. You're good at something? <laughs> she just knows, yeah. you know. I may end up at the end of the night butt naked in my house somewhere where I don't belong. We're like, going streaking! Yeah, exactly. I may end up like that, but... I'm still gonna be the last man standing. God, God bless you. Literally, yeah. God we had bless a good you. time though. It was fun. Yeah, I'm sorry I couldn't I couldn't hang. Yeah. I, I was there for the daytime festivities. Oh, you had a good time, right? Food was great. Oh, food was excellent. I, I brought it home. It. I love. She it. was mad at me, but she still liked the food. Yeah. yeah. What'd you bring? Did you bring the gnocchi and the lasagna? Or? No, the lasagna and the um. Uh, how do you say that dessert? Which uh, one was it? I don't remember. It's the. I didn't have any dessert. What's the, uh, it's Paulie's favorite dessert. Now I can't remember how to say it. It's two words. It means, uh, how do you say fried pudding? What is it? He said that's what the translation is. Oh, um. Cotta, manicotta. No, manicotti is, uh. Not manicotti. Manicotta. That's what he said it was called. Something like that. Panicotta. Pana. Panicotta, yeah. Panicotta. Yeah, he loves all that shit. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. You you don't like that? You're not a sweets guy? Um, I gotta be in the mood for it. But yeah, when I do have it, it's (sighs) Let me tell you something. What's the name of the restaurant? Via della Pace. Yeah. The, the lasagna, it tastes like uh, if mac and cheese was lasagna. I don't even know how to describe it. It has like a mac and cheese taste to it and really good though. The lasagna with great, with great sauce. <laughs> unbelievable. That was yeah. a, that was one of my favorite things I had. I mean, everything was good though. And that panacotta <laughs> is like a pudding or a, uh, like a, I don't know, whatever. I can't even describe what it is. I can tell you it was awesome. It was That's even great. good the next day still too. So um, cool place. Nice hang. And we're gonna go do a podcast there this summer. Oh yeah, at some point, awesome. whatever you guys want to do, you pick a, you guys pick a time, and we'll go yeah. down and we'll do it. That'll be cool. Yeah, and we can invite our listeners. Absolutely, like a live podcast. No, uh, yeah, no psychos with guns. So. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of psychos with guns, you see what happened at UCLA? Yeah, murder suicide. Oh, this, yeah. I just saw that person that they had they had like a hit list the gun. Yeah. Man. What was he again? How about just hit yourself? Just you know, s- skip the murder part and go right to the suicide. Do us all a favor, right? You piece was of he, shit. You're gonna shoot yourself. Go by yourself. Was he Muslim too? I don't know. I don't think it was a terrorist thing. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't really know much about it yet. I'm sure you know. Well, what about the gorilla? What do you think about the gorilla? At first, I was like, "Why the fuck did they shoot the gorilla?" And then I saw the rest of the footage when he's dragging the kid back and forth. I the didn't best see was Paulie goes, "No, he's treating him like his own baby. He's not hurting him." What? All that kid had to do was hit a rock and his head yeah. split open like a fucking coconut. What about the way that Paulie's obviously not a father like we are? Right. Like, yeah. What about the 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 gorilla's hand strength around the kid's right. ankle? <laughs> We're sure the gorilla didn't want to hurt the kid. Yeah, yeah, right. And not intentional. It's fucking stupid that kid was in there in the first place. But I don't want to see gorilla. I like it. I love animals. But yeah, of course. You got to shoot the fucking gorilla. Yeah. They obviously, if, if a tranquilizer worked like clockwork, like instantly, right. they would do that. No right. one wants. Get off your soapbox, all you assholes. Yeah, man. No one wanted to shoot a gorilla, but you had to shoot it to get the kid out of there safe and sound, okay? And if it was your kid in there, you would want that gorilla shot. Yeah, all right? absolutely. So, you know, I, and people like, and other people are getting all political about it. They said, for you people complaining about the gorilla, we have like 
tons of abortions every year. There's <laughs> lots of things. People get killed every day. Abortions. Um, right. The south side of Chicago happens every right. every day. You know, it's a shame the gorilla had to get killed. But you know what? Because we, we care more about animals because animals are like kids almost. Like they're innocent, you know? That's why people care more about animals. Yeah, but they're, are, they're not people though. That was a very strong, innocent animal. <laughs> a very strong one. Listen, uh, the kids, you know, you get, you had to do it. You had to do it. It's yeah. unfortunate. It sucks, but what are you gonna do? It's terrible. And when my, <laughs> I shouldn't even say what my friend put on Facebook. I won't even say it. Well, say it, huh? Come on. He put up his thing about he showed a gorilla and said, "So what now? All the gorillas are gonna go loot and riot." <laughs> 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 I saw one. I saw one where they so had the white gorilla. And we're like, yeah. They were like, no, they wouldn't have shot him, though. You know? Oh, it's so fucked yeah. up. And so, and this is your speaking of a guy who was a, my, my kids are black. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. fucked up. My, my, um, friend, my, my friends are racists. What can I tell you? <laughs> they like my family, though. It's okay. We don't right. count. We don't count. Yeah. Right. But no, nah, it's just it's just a, it just sucks. It sucks but yeah. For all you people like who shouldn't have shot the gorilla, you're, you're really stupid. I'm sorry. No offense. I understand where you're coming from. No one want to see a gorilla get hurt, but. You, in this case, they had to do it. Well, you know, just don't. I think it's subjective in a sense, right? No, to, no, to have like the zoo where oh. these animals don't want to be there anyway, and they're not living in their natural right. habitat, and know? and everybody just goes there to look at them. You know what I mean? It's that like, is kind of weird. It is kind of fucked up. Yeah. So it's like if you didn't have that, then none of this would happen. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, if uh, you left the gorilla in Africa where he's hanging, where right, he's, where he's chilling, yeah, right. You wouldn't have a kid. You wouldn't be dragging a kid up and down. Exactly. You know the f the closest thing you get there is a safari, which I would never do. No. You see those? <laughs> Come on, you kidding me? What do you do when the lion just doesn't want to leave? You know what I mean? You just wait. <laughs> you will wait forever <laughs> while he's foaming at the mouth. Yeah, I'll go to Africa and doing that. Yeah, it'd be kind of scary. <laughs> That's like people's like a you know, it's people being crazy. Oh, we're gonna go on a safari. It's funny that it's in Africa, but the only guy black. Is the tour guide? You ever right. notice that? Oh yeah, everybody, everybody else is white. That's like willing to do it. It's like white people are stupid. You stupid yeah. fuck. You know that's so there a you go. lion. We evened, we evened it out now. Yeah. So white people are stupid. You, you know that's a lion. Yeah. You think he just like you know <laughs> give you a high five and rip your head off right. at the same time? You know if he really runs head first into this little fucking jeep that you're in, he could toss like, it off. Rhinos that. and elephants and shit. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Yeah, we're gonna skip that. <laughs> okay, awkward silence. What do we got? That's Klitschko. about it. Are you liking Klitschko Fury? Oh, you guys like uh, Klitschko. You're not going to bet him again, are you? I don't know, man. I, I just, think he's I, done. I can't stand uh, Fury. Yeah, but that that makes it fun. I know. You know, why maybe Wilder would be able to knock him out. Uh, I know a lot of people that would knock him out. We'll see. I know he seems awkward and he seems like he should be able to get knocked out. But David Hay would knock him out. Hi, he loves David Hay. Uh, he's he's the the man. Yeah. Anthony Joshua would He's actually all, uh, the homosexual's favorite fighter. It's David Hay. <laughs> 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 they all love David. You're not hey. allowed to say that. I'm it's not? 2016. Oh, bro. oops. Make America Hillary, shitty again. Yeah, Hillary yes. will fucking come after you. That's what she should just come out and say. Make America PC again. <laughs> God forbid you make a joke. Yeah, yeah. I just like to say, You're not hey. allowed. You're not allowed to joke. Yeah. No one's listening to this part anyway. It's all at the end. This That's is true. All, this yeah. is all the run on extra. I'll put the music on over this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Were you in a band? <laughs> no. That's what you got your name, the Wit. You were in the Nitwit. I don't know. I just got on Twitter earlier. I just put Twit short for Twitter. I didn't realize it was Twit though. I was like, yeah. I'm, if, I'm an idiot. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. I remember, rate us five stars on iTunes. You know, I someone showed me. Someone is asking me at work. He was like. How are you listen to podcast? Yeah, I want to listen to this thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, I was like, well, you know, do you have an iPhone? And he was like, yeah. I showed him. And I said, oh, look, reviews. And I was like, I haven't looked at the reviews in a while. We really got like great reviews. Like our fans really. I mean, there's like a couple of dickheads that of rated course. low, but for the most part, really, really positive. All right, well, those. So they're listening now. Tell your friends. Give yeah. them a download. You know, just take their iPhone and hit subscribe. Yeah. And just they don't sure have to really listen. Just no. fucking subscribe to the shit. No, pass the, you know, we're going to be the number one po uh, boxing podcast. That's the goal. That's and for th sure. And that's what we're going to do because we have the number one analyst who's heading up this podcast. And then we got his trusty sidekick who puts his ass on guys' faces. Thank you. And the we're best gonna producer make, in gonna, this room. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make podcasting great again. I like that. Uh, 
I'm going to name the episode that. <laughs> no, I got to put a boxer's name in the title just so people yeah. download it. <laughs> oh, my God. Muhammad Ali was there? No. Speaking of which, Muhammad Ali's actually in the hospital. So Is he? Yeah, I meant to say that. Uh, give uh, Say your thoughts and prayers out for Muhammad Absolutely. Ali. Hopefully the greatest he, of all time. Yes, a showman like no other. Um, that's it. Let's wrap it up. Okay. We'll uh, get week. back in here next week. Yeah. We'll talk about these fights. There's no flake on me. Oh, I'll be here. Uh, My tongue still hurts. Bye-bye. 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 B